This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Good morning. Is this a beautiful day or what? Oh, man. Fantastic. It's not really warm, but it's beautiful. The warmth will come in a couple months. Something like that. Well, I really want to talk to you about something that I believe is a game changer for us all. I really do. And I just want to talk about knowing God's voice. But first off, I need a courageous, fearless, risk-taking Volunteer. Come on up. Okay. Last service had this beautiful little girl who jumped up there and came up here first. Sorry, you guys got me. <laughs> hey, well, what I want you to do, are you afraid of ladders? Nope. Can you scoot up there to the top of that ladder for me? Sure can. And I'm not going to shake it. I'll hold it, if anything, Okay. I mean, don't go higher than you're comfortable with. Well, I mean, I don't no, do not stand or sit. So I'm gonna. Oh, I meant to truck. take that sticker off. You know, <laughs> no, that right there is good. That right there is good. Now, what I want you to do, just for a second, and you make sure you feel comfortable up there. Yep. I want you to close your eyes for a second, okay? okay? And I want you to see if you're hearing God's voice better up there than you were down here. <laughs> y'all, y'all gonna be quiet. Any better? Nah. No, it doesn't seem to be. Okay, here, I know what to help. Here, okay, well, all right, just oh. hold that. Maybe oh. that'll help. I'm not sure. But, but you got to be honest with us, too. You think you're hearing God's voice any better at that altitude, that Bible? No, no. Okay, okay, one more thing. Hang on to the Bible. Y'all be very quiet. Can you turn the lights off? We'll probably get too much light in here. Oh, but you got to be honest with us. Is God's voice any clearer up there than it is down here? Peaceful, but no. Okay, it's peaceful. Huh? Well, we're not going to leave you up there the whole time. So come on back down. Give them a grand applause for helping us out there. Hey. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Right. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Well, you know what? I have a mountain that I go up on lots of times to pray. Truth of it is, the elevation of the mountain makes no difference with God. A ladder makes no difference with God. The main thing is having a quiet place, a place that you're not so distracted at, you know. And it can be your bathroom, it can be your car, it can be a closet, you know. It can be in your backyard, it can be anywhere where you can get a little quiet time, a little solitude, you know, and spend some time with God. And that's really paramount. It's really important to knowing God's voice. And uh, hopefully uh, this will be an inspiration to you today. This is kind of just a little bit of a foundation, though. But it says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 15, it says, He who has ears to hear. How many of you guys, you can check and see if you got ears to hear with. You got them? Okay, you got ears to hear? Well, it says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And it's really talking about hearing God's voice. If you got ears to hear God's voice... Hear what he's saying to us, because I'm going to tell you something. God 
is on the move. And everything I have learned about God in my life is that God is always speaking. He is always speaking. He's on the move, and he's speaking to us, whether we are aware of it or not. I was reading about President Franklin D. Roosevelt, and he got tired of smiling the expected presidential smile and saying the usual expected things at all those White House receptions. So one evening he decided to find out whether anybody was really listening to what he was saying. So as each person came up to him, this is actually true, this this actually happened. As each person came up to him with their extended hand, he flashed that great big old smile that he had and he said, I murdered my grandmother this morning. People would automatically respond with comments like, oh, how lovely, or just continue your great work. (laughs) You know? Nobody really was listening to what he was saying, and I wonder, you know, if God ever feels that way. That is like, you know what? People are so busy, they're preoccupied, they're distracted, and they really don't know my voice. They're not hearing what I'm saying. They don't even know I'm talking to them. Uh, as I finished that article I had read, except it said there was one exception in, in the people who greeted him, and it was a foreign diplomat. And when the president said, I murdered my grandmother this morning, the diplomat responded very softly, I'm sure she had it coming, you know. <laughs> he was doing a test. See, are people listening? And he discovered they were not. A.W. Tozer said, it's the nature of God to speak. We've got a book full of his words, you know. He had prophets because God is always speaking, and he speaks still to this day. But I love what A.W. Tozer said. He says, it's the nature of God to speak. He wants to have fellowship with you, and he wants you to hear him all the time. From a great man of God, he said, God wants you to hear him all the time. And we won't be surprised when we get to heaven, God goes, I spoke to you all through the day, every day I was talking to you. Think about that, you know. God's speaking to us, but are we ready to listen? Think about that. Are we ready to listen to what he says? Samuel, you remember Samuel? There was a priest uh, in the old Bible days, and uh, Samuel was just a little, uh, you know, apprentice there. Samuel became a phenomenal prophet, a man of God one day. But when he started, he was just a little boy. And during the night, he heard somebody say, Samuel. So he jumped up, ran in there to the, the priest. You know, hey, you want a glass of water? Oh, what is it I can do for you? He said, it wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't call you. So Samuel happened two or three times, you know. And then the priest who recognized there had not, not been a clear word from God in a long time, leastwise people wasn't hearing it. So he told Samuel, he said, next time if you hear that voice again, I want you to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And he did, and he heard. And I'm going to tell you, it's good advice for you and me. You go to Almighty God and you say, speak, Lord. Your servant's listening. Find a quiet place. 
No distractions. Where you can just listen to what God's saying to you. Because he's always speaking something. Uh, this I don't think this is on the, uh, the little slides there, but let me just read it to you real quickly. Isaiah 65, 12, it says, I called, but you did not answer. Isaiah 66, 4, I spoke, but you did not listen. Isaiah 50, verse 2, why was there no one there when I came? Why didn't anyone answer when I called? Hmm. Are you tuned in to God? Think about that for just a moment. You know, uh, we understand tune because we're tuning in all kinds of things all the time. I got a little radio here. This is the one all of our uh, safety security guys all of, over the, the building have, and it's got a switch. You know, I could probably tune into them if I knew what frequency they was on. I could probably tune into that and communicate with them and all. Uh, it's not that complicated once you figure out, you just tune in, you know. Think about that, you know. Are, are, are you tuned in to the voice of God? You go, that's possible? Yes, it is. We'll talk about how that happens. So I want you to check your receiver. But uh, here's, a, here's a phenomenal passage. Jeremiah 29, verse 12. And it says, In those days when I pray... Who's talking here? God's speaking. In those days when you pray, I will listen. So says the Almighty God. He's listening. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me half-heartedly, you will. Is there a difference between wholeheartedness and just half-heartedness? You know what? I haven't seen Valentine's right around the corner. I don't see people selling, you know, boxes of candy. It's just a half a heart, you know, <laughs> half, half a card or something like that. You know, but he says here, if, if you, God's speaking to us, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. He says you're going to find him if you're looking for him. You're going to hear him if you're looking for him. But there's some key ingredients that enable you to hear his voice, which hopefully we'll talk about in just a few moments. So have you ever tried to... Uh, Listen to something like maybe uh, your computer, maybe your cell phone, without it being turned on. How many of you leave your cell phone on most of the time? How many of you turn it off? Three? Okay. All right, that's, that's cool. You know, saves battery. I understand that. Anyhow, but when you think about this, you know, when it's turned off, what do you hear? Nothing. So is our spiritual receiver turned on? Can we hear from God or not? It says in Jeremiah 29, let me read to you out of the Message Bible. It's pretty cool. It says in Jeremiah 29, 13, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, and you want it more than anything else, when you want to find God, get a hold of God more than anything else, we're talking about wholeheartedness, God says, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree.
I like that. He says, I'll make sure you're not going to be disappointed when you're looking for me and I'm more important than anything else. You're looking for me wholeheartedly. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree. I'll turn things around for you. Is that okay if God turns some things around for us? I'm kind of cool with that. John chapter 10 in verse 4, it says, And when he, this is talking about a shepherd, but it's talking about Jesus as being the good shepherd. It says, And when he, talking about Jesus, brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the, the sheep follow him, for they know, what's that say? They know his voice. Verse 7 says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Remember what Jesus said in uh, Jonathan was uh, 14, 6? And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And here he says, I am the door. It's the same as saying, I am the way. There's only one door. There's only one way for us to get to where we're wanting to go into the presence of our Father. Jesus says in verse 9, John 10, 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. We understand that Jesus died on the cross to wash our sins away from those who believe in him. Verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So, if, if you're going like, well, I don't hear God's voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. He says, a stranger's voice, they're not going to follow. But there's some things that maybe we've not learned as of yet. Do you think right now in this room, with just about the amount of noise we got happening here, if your wife or your husband or if your child, say your child says, Mommy, Daddy, would you recognize her voice? Boy, it didn't take you long to figure that out, did it? You know because you spend time with them and, and you know their voice. And you and I will know God's voice when we hang out a lot together and we spend time with him and, and we love him, we're close. You're going to know the voice of Almighty God and he is speaking all the time. That is just the truth of it, you know. The key to knowing God's voice we must be in a relationship with him. He gave his life for us. And if, if we'll believe in him, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If we believe in him and we accept him as our savior, I mean, that, that's, that's the game changer right there. And that's the first thing is to be in a relationship with him. I mean, you're not going to recognize some of my uh, nephews and nieces down south, if they said something, would you? You don't have a relationship with them. But once I have a relationship with God, I'm a whole lot, in a whole lot better position to know his voice, you know. Now, imagine this for just a moment, a daddy and uh, or his, his kids over there, or maybe picture grandpa. Okay, I'm a grandpa. Picture grandpa and the grandkids are over there playing and, and grandpa goes, and the grandkids get, what? So you get a little bit closer. What are you talking about? They get a little bit closer. 
And they get really close, and they're leaning toward Grandpa. And he grabs them and gives them a big hug. Can you see that? I'm going to tell you, God does that kind of stuff. Leastwise with me. I mean, so many times when I go to pray, I might slip up on the mountain behind our house there, and God just grabs a hold of me and shows me a whole slew of shooting stars or something, or a sunrise, it's just like, because he knows I love shooting stars. You know, and you stay up late enough, you'll see them in these beautiful sunrises. Now, some people think God's mad at them, but I'm going to tell you, I know him, and he ain't mad at nobody. He loves, and he forgives, and he gives another chance. And the thing is, for the kids to know what Grandpa's saying, they got to lean in. They got to get close, because God most often speaks in a still small voice or another way to say it he speaks in a whisper and if if he's whispering you know it's just like you very easily could drown him out by listening to something all day long racket going on in your life in your home you're watching listening and it's just like you don't hear him is that possible very, very possible. You couldn't hear somebody in the other room. Your kid going, mommy, mommy. If you got a television on, you got a radio on, you're playing a tape, you know, all kinds of racket going on, and you might not hear that. Don't mean they're not speaking, but we may not be able to, to hear it. So how do we check our spiritual receiver? Well, see, you can know if your spiritual receiver is turned on by answering one question. Do you expect to hear from God? Yes. Well, then you will. That's how you can tell if you got your receiver on. If, if your kid says, hey, I'm going to call you on the weekend, on Saturday, do you expect to hear from them? Did you leave your phone off? No, if you expect, you got, you got the receiver turned on, you're on the right frequency, and you're just waiting. You're not going to get too far away from that phone because you're expecting your kid to call you. And when you're expecting Almighty God to speak to you, you know, I mean, everything is on. You're in position. You have anticipation. You can't wait, you know. But if you go, I don't know. I don't know if God's ever spoke to me. I don't know if he will or not. It's off. <laughs> it really is. Expectation, same as faith. All things are possible to those who believe. All things are possible to those who expect. To expect, I'm expecting God to speak to me. I'm, ex I'm expecting genuinely God to speak to me personally before I go to bed tonight, way before I go to bed. I expect him to speak to me in the morning. I genuinely, and I'm not, I ain't nobody special. I'm just an old, ignorant old country boy, you know, who makes people climb ladders in church and <laughs> stuff like that, you know. But I expect that. And he don't disappoint because he already told me ahead of time that he's always speaking. He wants to speak to me. And I, I know that 
And I'm getting familiar with his voice by getting familiar with the written word, you see. Now, I was reading about this old guy who him and his wife were having some communication problems, and he was sure she was very, very hard of hearing. So he wanted to prove it to her. So if she was in a big old open room, and she was sitting up there in her chair doing something, and he was way across the room in his chair. He was very stealthy. He was very quiet about it. And if, so he said, do you hear me now? Nothing. Very quietly, he got further across the room. Do you hear me now? You know, talking to his wife, whose back is to him. She don't see him. Nothing. He got further up there. Do you hear me now? Nothing. Then he got right up behind her, right behind her chair, and said, do you hear me now? And she stood up, frustrated as she can be, and she says, for the fourth time, I said I can hear you. Somebody had a hearing problem, but it wasn't her. I wonder if, if we got a hearing problem. I wonder if, if we turned it on. I wonder, are we expecting? And there's other things that we will learn that will help us here. It's important that we're expecting to hear from God and to remove all those things that hinder us. Okay, let me see here. Um, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, it says, I'm reading this out of the Message Bible again, and you can go look all these things up and read them out, all whatever translations you want. It's a good study concept. But he says here, dear friend, listen well. Another translation I was reading, it said, pay attention. And, and that helps understand King James where it says, attend to my word. But I like the way it said it here. It says, dear friend, listen well to my words. Tune your ears. Tune your ears, you know. Tune your ears to my voice. Are you tuned in? Is it turned on? Are you leaning in his direction? See, listening doesn't happen by default. It happens by design. Listening to God is intentional. It's not an accident. It's intentional. Well, he goes on and says, Dear friends, listen, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view. Because God speaks to us through his message right here. And he says, Keep my message in plain view on Christmas and Easter. What percentage is all? 100. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Keep that thing in front of you. Take it with you wherever you go. If you get tired of carrying it, just memorize it. Amen. Amen. Exactly what I'm talking about. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Learn it by heart. And then he says those, and this can, be, this can be you if you want it to be. Those who discover these words live, really live, truly live. Those who discover these words live, really live 
body and soul. They're bursting with health. You understand bursting? It's something is, uh, there, there's, there's floodwaters and the river is rising up and, and it's just bursting with water and it's down at this dam and, and it's full and it's overflowing and it bursts the dam and water goes everywhere. He says here, those who discover, and I would be digging and looking if I was you, those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul, they're bursting. How would you like your body and soul, what he's talking about here, they're bursting with health. Would you like your body bursting with health? I didn't write this. And reading some other translations, it is phenomenal what he's telling us. He says, your body and soul, they're bursting with health. And then in verse 23, he says, keep vigilant. Keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. Am I watching over my heart? Am I watching over my heart? You going to answer me or what? How come y'all been so quiet? Oh, y'all were talking. The Bible is very clear. Because he tells us to guard, to watch over our heart. And your ears are gateways to your heart. Whatever goes in here, don't listen to filthy, profane jokes and things like that. It gets right into your heart. When he says, watch your heart, guard your heart, he is talking about some ear protection, but he is also talking about some eye protection because your eyes are gateways to your heart. Are there things that you and I shouldn't be looking at? Are there things we shouldn't be listening to? Because what gets in your eyes and what gets in your ears goes to your heart and can corrupt your heart and make it very difficult to know the voice of God. And he's telling us that right here. Let me just set these things down. Ear protectors, eye protectors. He says here, keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. That's where life starts. That's where life starts. In my heart, you want something coming in your eyes, you know, corrupting and contaminating where your life starts at? You want something coming in your ears that corrupts and contaminates where where life starts at in your heart? No, you don't. Keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Yes, yes, no, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. I'm not sure if if that's a political thing or something. I don't know. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. He says, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter. Avoid careless banter, mockery, all that kinds of stuff. White lies, avoid white lies and gossip. Is there such a thing as a white lie? I disagree. 
If you had a black dog and you painted him white, is he a white dog or a black dog? He's a black dog with white paint on him. And when it rains, it's going to wash the paint off and you're going to say, he's a black dog. So you take a life and you put a little white on it. Oh, it's not near as bad. You take some arsenic, deadly poison, the pills are black. You paint them white. Oh, it's just a little white arsenic. Does it make it less poisonous? And people tried to give, it was just a little white lie. Oh, really? What do you think a little white arsenic would do if you took that, you know? We got to think about these things, you know what I'm saying? Anyhow, he says, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. If you're all caught up in white lies and gossip, the chances of you really knowing God's voice is a lot slimmer because that complicates things. It really does. And then he goes on to say, keep your eyes straight ahead. Now, I was going to ask for a volunteer, but since, but since it smells a whole lot like a horse, I'm going to use it myself. Okay? You ever seen some of these things before? What are these things called? Blinders. Now, I can only see my wife and the people who are directly behind her. Is that a good thing? It is a good thing, guys. A lot of times we need to have blinders on so we're only looking in one direction. Uh, if a horse was wearing this, you don't want him distracted and he sees a mouse or a cat over here and it scares him. Or you don't want him seeing a hay field he wants to go eat some because once you turn halfway around, you know, or turn a quarter away around, you know, it's only another quarter turn before you're looking behind you. And, I mean, that's what leads to backsliding. So we need to have on these blinders so we're not being distracted by all those things that are around us. Does that make a little bit of sense here? So we need some blinders on, and God's word echoes that concept. It really does. So he says here, keep your eyes straight ahead and ignore all side show distractions. Let me ask you, or is there sideshow distractions in the world in which we live right now? Yes. If you have a cell phone, if you have a computer or just a tele, there is so much sideshow distraction in this world right now. And if you give yourself into seeing that and hearing that, it hurts your heart. And he tells us to watch over our heart, to guard our heart diligently. For out of it is the issues of life in the, in the King James Bible there. But it's important that we have on these blinders so we're not affected by the sideshows out there. We have to ruthlessly eliminate distraction and turn some voices down and turn some voices off altogether. If, if you want to know God's voice, that's what I'm talking about, you know. And then he goes on to say, what's the next three words? Watch your step. Now, let's just say I come over to your house. I don't know where to park. You didn't tell me. So I just park on the street. And I'm walking across your yard to ring on the doorbell. And you run out of the door and go, watch your step. See, they got dogs. <laughs> what does that mean? 
landmines. Watch your step. What do I do? I carefully watch my step. I don't want to get up there and both of my feet are covered in dog poop. Is it okay to in church? Okay. I don't want dog poop all over my feet to get back into my car or track into your house. So when they're giving me some advice like, watch your step, I should watch my step. Because I don't want to step in something filthy. Watch your step. He says, watch your step. And the road will stretch out smooth before you. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it would work in the physical realm? If I could hear from God and the road out there, there's no more potholes. There's no more rough and ragged and broken roads, but it's just as smooth as glass. Well, he says, watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. That's what blinders are for. It's like, oh, oh, oh. For you know, if, if you look that way, you're going to probably start going that way. And it's just like, look a little bit more left, and then you're going back where you came from. You don't want to do that. He says, neither look right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. Get ahead of all that evil stuff. Get ahead. You got on your, your uh, eye protection, your ear protection. You got on your blinders, you know, if, and you're just leaving all that evil behind you. Just moving on, staying away from all the filthy stuff. What he's talking about here. Uh, and I want to encourage you to lean toward Papa. I don't know if I told you this or not, but for the last couple of years, when I'm up on my mouth, when I'm somewhere, it's usually just basically Susan and me. But when I pray, the Bible says, go to our Father, right, which are in heaven. And if it talks about, if you'll read your Bible, it talks about Abba, Father. But when I pray personally, it's just what I do. I call God Papa. I genuinely do. It's a term of endearment. And he sneaks out and grabs a hold of me and hugs me all the time. I talk to him all, all the time. It's just that that's just the way it is. It's not duty. Oh, I got to go and hang out with God. You know, oh, how boring that is. God ain't boring. If you're hanging out with somebody boring, it ain't God. I'll guarantee you that for sure. It says here, Luke 16, 10, if you're faithful in little things, if you hear God little, in little things and you obey them, and God might say, rake your, your, your neighbor. She's a widow and she's really not getting around to a rake her lawn or shuffle her snow. If, if, if you won't act upon those little things that God's telling you to do, you won't act on the big things either. But if you act upon those little things, some people go, well, God, you show me something that's really awesome and massive and, and important, and I'll do that. And you deem that helping this little widow ain't important? It's important to God. And he tells us when you do it to her, you're doing it to him personally. So if, if, if you want to hear God's big voice, well, then respond to the little voice that you hear and obey it and do what he's asking you to do. Now, how many of you in 
body, soul, spirit, relation, emotion, everything. How many of you would like God's greater blessings upon you and your family right now? Is that okay? Well, would you think that Jesus' mama, do you think she was blessed? She had the privilege of giving birth to the Savior of the world. Listen to what Jesus says. As he was speaking, as Jesus was speaking, Luke eleven twenty seven, as Jesus was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. Oh, God bless her. And Jesus, verse 28, he replied. He agreed. God bless mama. But would you read the next four words with me? But even more blessed are those, are all. 100%, right? But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. If you want to be more blessed than Jesus' mother was, he said, you learn to hear the voice of God. Whether you just... You hear it in here or whether you hear it through the written word, if you'll hear his voice and you'll practice it, here is an absolute fantastic promise. You will be more blessed than Mary was. And people I hear in New England always talking about the blessed mother. And you can say, well, I'm more blessed than her. I mean, that's what Jesus said, did he not? If you're hearing what he's saying and you're putting it into practice. Now, here's a little a story that I learned, and I put it in operation. That's why Susan and I are married. I was seeking God for wisdom. And I came across this little story where there was a, uh, a cabin boy. He's just a young fellow who, who's working on a ship, and, and uh, he kind of serves the captain there, you know. And the captain is over here with the big old wheel, and the cabin boy's there, and they're coming into the harbor late in the evening time. It's already getting dark, and the captain just goes in. He knows how to steer that ship in, and there's coral reef, and there's a, a bunch of old wrecked ships and all sticking out of the water. And the little boy goes, how do you know how to get into this harbor and not run aground like everybody else has done? And the captain told him, he said, well, if you look up from the shore about a mile away, you'll see a big old telephone pole with a red light on top. And then another mile away, there's another telephone pole with a red light on top. And about a mile further, there's another telephone pole with a red light on top. And when you're coming into the harbor, you'll see those telephone poles in the day, and you'll see the red lights, especially at night. And when they all line up right behind each other, and it looks like one. Does that make sense? It looks like one. That's the safe, clear channel, and go that way. And those three harbor lights to me, if, what does the word of God say? Well, what it said to me when I was hitchhiking around the, the nation sharing the gospel with people out of a backpack, God's word said to me, it ain't good for a man to be alone. It don't say ain't, but it's not good for a man to be alone. <laughs> and then the second harbor light is the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. And the inner witness of the Holy Spirit 100% all the time produces peace. If When you got this peace and it lines up with the word, and then the last one is circumstances. And when they all line up, if you get circumstances and the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, but you don't get 
it don't line up with what the Word of God says, it's the wrong thing to do. You, know, if you can hear a voice telling you, if you've really worked hard and you've served God and you have so little, and there's, there's a pocketbook over there and nobody's around, and it's got thousands of dollars in it, and, if, and you should go and steal it. And you have peace about it. Circumstances availed itself. But what does the Word say? Thou shalt not steal. See, it's all three got to line up. You can have what the Word of God says, and you can have circumstances, but if you don't have peace about it, don't do it. And some people say, well, you know, I mean, God gave me this money. You know, he wanted me to go to India. You know, share the Word of God over there. The devil might want to get you over there so he can kill you. So make sure it lines up, the circumstances lines up. Now, when I asked Susan to marry me, a couple years later, we told her family about this. And just so you know, we were virgins when we got married, okay? We were lifting and serving Almighty God, but that was one of the things. Well, I knew what the Word says. I knew the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, but circumstances. Her dad is like twice as tall as I am, twice as wide as I am. He lifts cars to make muscles and stuff like that. He's a trucker. I might be exaggerating just a little bit, but not much, okay? <laughs> but he had, we needed circumstances for him to approve. All he knew is here comes this long-haired, bearded guy. He's hitchhiking down the interstate up in the mountains of, you know, uh, North Carolina, Virginia. Yeah, Virginia and North Carolina. <laughs> and uh, I had to go through North Carolina to get to Virginia. But people and stuff on the side of the interstate in these mountains and let me out. I'd climb up the, uh, the bank there, climb down there. I'd ford the stream there, come up through a pasture, come up to their house and knock on the back door. And they would welcome me to stay there, you know. But that's all they really knew about me, you know. And the thing for her dad to agree to allow us to get married, that was pretty miraculous, you know, and all. And anyhow, make a long story short, circumstances worked out. I've, I got a phenomenal job. It'd still be a phenomenal job to this day. You know, and I was probably making more than he was making at that time and all. And he said, well, he can take care of my daughter if he needs to do this, that, and another. And anyhow, all three harbor lights matched up. We got married, and within a, uh, uh, a few weeks, a month, we was in Bible school together, you know. But they all lined up. I still use that story about the three harbor lights to this day when I'm seeking wisdom. What does the word say? Do I have the inner witness of the Holy Spirit? It always produces peace. And if it's God, the circumstances will line up. That's just the way it is. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, Most scripture is inspired. What percentage is that? 100% of the scripture, that's God's voice. That's God's written voice. All scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true. We want the truth and to make us realize what is wrong in our life. If we're doing something that's wrong that's going to hurt us and our family, we want to know about it. He says here all scripture is inspired. It means God breathed by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us, thank the Lord, when you're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. And I'll tell you, it helps us to expect to hear from him, you know? Does, does what you hear line up with the written word of God? If God's speaking to you and you know his voice, 
It will, 100% of the time, God will never tell you something that when you look and say, well, it don't line up in here, but I know it was God. No, you don't either. I'm just telling you. Verse 17 says, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every, 100%, every good work. We hear his voice is what I'm talking about. And the inner witness of the Holy Spirit is kind of like, similar to a thought. It's kind of like a, a prompting. But the, the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, if it requires us to get close to God, to hear it clearly. When somebody's whispering, you need to get close if you want to hear them. And the more time you spend with God and the more you practice, you know, tuning into his voice and you can practice that by reading his word. And then when you hear something, you go, that's God. You'll know it because you got this going on in here and you know that's the voice of the almighty God. Now, as I was saying, God often speaks in a still small voice, but is ever speaking any other ways. Job, chapter 37, verse 5, it says, God's voice is glorious in the thunder. Did I ask you all about that a while ago? Do you like thunder? How many of you like thunder? Raise your hand. Woo-hoo-hoo. You ought to be with me. Because when it thunders and lightnings and hails, from the time we would, my, my kids were all little, I'd grab them and go out on the front porch, sometimes out in the yard. And I'm going, look at this. Some people spend a lot of money for fireworks and like this, but look at this. This is awesome. Hear the thunder. Feel it. It's aw- That God only can do that, you know. Some people grab their kids and they hide under the bed. <laughs> Anyhow, sometimes, it says it right here, God's voice is glorious. In the thunder, we can't even imagine the greatness of his power. Oh, so he can speak in different ways, but most often it's a whisper. But he does speak gloriously in the thunder. Probably for those who know him a little bit better, maybe. You know, he's not making a question about it. He's just making it, trying to make it really, really, really clear. So how do you know whether it's really you or it's God speaking? Live in the word of God. Live in the word of God, and you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now, if your children, they're, they're about grown, and they're off at school or somewhere, a little vacation, and they write you a note and says, Mama, I'm going to be home on Saturday evening, and I would like you to cook some spinach and Brussels sprouts for when I come home. Is that your child? You know, Fiona shouted out, they ain't going to eat no Brussels sprouts or spinach. You know that, don't you? And see, when you know the voice of God, because you've been in the Word, you spent time with Him, a lot of time with Him, you're going to know that you know that you know. That's God, or that's not God. Or you, you, you check it out. You dig in there, you, you check it out, see what's going on there. Uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, it says, while he, this is talking about Peter, they're up on the mountain with Jesus and there was a couple of prophets showed up and God the Father showed up there and spoke to him. It says, while he, Peter, was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud. 
saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Said the same thing at the water baptism, but he added two words here. What did he say? Hear him. The father says, listen to my son Jesus. Hear what he's saying. And then this fantastic passage, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. Call to me, God said, call to me and I will answer you and you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Are you expecting to hear from God about some things that you don't know? Well, if you're expecting to hear from him, you're going to hear from him. But spend plenty of time here, even from what we're doing today, studying it together, reading it, play it on your cell phone. Most of the cell phones nowadays, the smart ones, you can play a verse and listen to it while you're driving or something or other and things like that. Anyhow, God will speak to us. You know, he really will. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, who can rightly divide, skillfully use, understand, and teach the word of truth. So you study this book, and then when you're wondering, is this God or is this me? And you know what the word says. You've hidden some of it already in your head and in your heart. You're going to know, or just pick up your Bible and do a little study on that. That was God. Awesome. Fantastic. Wonderful. And it says here in Psalms 138, verse 2, it says, He has magnified His Word even above His name. God has magnified His Word, what He says, and what He's communicating to you and me, and what His will is. He magnified it above His name. Now, we know we can use His name and cast out demons, and we know we can use His name and heal the sick, and and miracles can happen. We know that, but He says He magnified His Word above His name. It's just like you writing out a contract of some kind, and at the bottom of it, you write your name. But here's what your will is right above it all, you know? God means what he says. His word is 100% true. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, it says, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry. This is when the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness there. And then feeding you a manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people need more than bread for their life. Real life, and it comes from the heart. Real life comes by feeding on half of the word, on every word of the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. I'll read you one more verse. Psalms 85, verse 8. It says, I listen carefully to what God, the Lord, is saying. Do you listen carefully to what God's saying? When the telegraph was the fastest means of long-distance communication, a young man applied for a job as a Morris Code operator. Answering an ad in the newspaper, he went to the address that was listed, and when he arrived, he entered a large, noisy office. In the background were people talking, and a telegraph clacked away, and it was noisy. A sign on the receptionist's counter instructed job applicants to fill out a form and wait until they were summoned to enter the inner office. The young man completed his form and sat down with seven other applicants. They were all there ahead of him. After a few minutes, the young man stood up 
and he crossed the room to the door of the inner office and walked right on in. The other applicants perked up, wondering what was going on. Why did this man get so bold? And they muttered among themselves that they hadn't heard any summons yet. That they, they took more than a little satisfaction in assuming that the young man who went into the office ahead of them would be reprimanded for his presumption and he would be disqualified for the job. In a few minutes, appeared that they were right. The young man emerged from the inner office, escorted by the interviewer, who announced to the other applicants, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming, but the job has been filled by this young man. And while everybody sat in that noisy office, there was Morse code, telegraph being clattered in the building, and the young man was listening to it. And it said, if you understand this Morse code... Get up and come in the office. The job is yours. <laughs> and several guys have been sitting there for an hour or two ahead of him. Never heard it. Did it mean that there was no one talking to them? Does it mean that God's not talking to us if you don't hear it? Let me tell you something. Carl, that's you back here? Just yes or no? Is that you, Carl? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> if we're going to communicate, you're not going to whisper across a room. Even if I invited him to go out to dinner of his choice. He didn't hear it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. It won't cost me nothing. Then. <laughs> but I'm telling you, God, when he says he speaks to us in a whisper, he intends for you to be close. He loves it when you're close. He wants to grab you and he wants to hug you because God's crazy about you. He is. He's not mad at you. He's crazy about you. And he wants us to learn 